Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 71st installment of the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Extravaganza. Today, it is just two of us. Um, we're actually not joined by Alfie due to about 40 minutes of technical difficulties. We tried really hard to, uh, to persevere and get Alfie, the bumptious Brighton boy, who's actually now the lovely London local lad as he's back home. Uh, we tried to get him to be on the show, but it was just not working out. He had this really obnoxious, like, bumblebee-sounding noise coming out of his microphone, so we just decided to bench him. Um, so we won't be tagging along today. Unfortunately, you won't hear uh, the expertise of XG, which is Alfie, um, in the cut. However, I am joined by the man with the versatile name, Rob, Bob, Bert, Bertha, whatever the hell you want to call him, is joining me for the 71st Expedition. And Rob, how are you doing today, my friend? Well, I've just had my uh, weekly dose of uh, Alfie Coleshaw, as mentioned in the PPK, PPK, PPC that um, <laughs> God, I'm fucking it up like you usually do. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy that I've that I've got that out of the way, and now he's gone, and uh, yeah, now I can just talk to someone who, you know, isn't arrogant. Yeah, yeah, that's where Rob and I just relate. We're we're just good old humble suburban boys, you know. Now we've we've escaped the uh, the arrogant grasp of the urban Alfie. Yeah, you know, exactly. Now it's just a good a good a good old couple boys, yeah. you know. And we're going to deliver you a world-class show, as we always do. I apologize if you do like that kind of Zlatan-esque <laughs> arrogance. Um, it will not be present today. Yeah. So, so oh, Rob. Yeah. Rob, listen, man. I Honestly, I just want this introduction of small talk to persist because I just don't want to talk about Arsenal right now. We are atrocious. Mm pathetic, useless, any negative noun you could come up with or, or adjective you could come up with, that's what we are at the moment. Um, we're just shit, basically. And Rob, I guess before we get into any of the nitty-gritties, the meat and drink, as Alfie would say, of the game, describe to me how shit we are at the moment. It's The, the football itself is just absolutely atrocious. Like, I, I, I really don't think, uh, even in the last days under Emery, I don't think that I've seen an Arsenal side in my, my whole life playing such bad football. Um, mm. It's really depressing. And But the funny thing is that after the games, uh, I don't really think about the football at all. I, all, all I think about is that this the, the manager, who I, I'm still backing i really want him to do well but mm. most importantly i think about these players who for, for so long have just been accepting of the mediocre levels of football that that they deliver um on on such mm. a regular basis and i put my I, I sometimes i put myself into their shoes and i just like i, I can't believe they whether it's genuinely their capabilities, but we know they're capable of more because they've shown us they're capable of more in the past. I just can't believe that as professional sportsmen having the honour of playing for such a massive football club, they think that 
well, I don't think they think this is satisfactory, but they all just seem to sort of be riding the wave. So few of them uh, seem like mm. they're genuinely passionate about turning this round. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the ones that do, we all know, you know, I mean, at the moment, the only players that are rightfully any are getting any kind of leeway are Gabrielle, Kieran Tierney, and Bukayo Saka. Yeah. That's it. You know, and it seems like to me, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but it seems like to me, those three, and ironically, they all play on the left side, which I'm sure oh, we'll shit. talk about here in a bit. A little telemarketer trying to sell you something. Um, but uh, we have, you know, all of our promising players that seem to care on the left side. So that leaves our right side with the likes of Holding, who's been in atrocious form. Bellerin, who's going to miss the next game uh, after five yellow cards. And then Willian, who, less said the better. Who is that? Anyway. Was that your... Uh, okay, I can, okay, fair enough. So people are like, who is... It? Was Daniel going crazy? Yes, he is because of how shit Arsenal is. No, but uh, Rob, I mean, the entire left side is pathetic. Yeah. And that, Or, excuse me, the entire left side is good, and then the entire right side is just uh, pathetic. So that, you know, leads to... Leads to inevitable hardships, I guess. Um, I guess on that note, let's get right into the starting 11. It was pretty predictable. I would say um, a few yeah. inclusions that I was not happy with, and I'm sure you'd agree. Um, as for the the goalkeeper and backline, don't even think there's any. Uh, there's no reason to even go over yeah. it. I knew that was going to happen. Holding Gabriel in the center, Lu Lu Louise is out for a while with that head injury he picked up. Um, Bellerin on the right, Kieran Tierney on the left. Don't have any issues there. Where I have issues, however, is in the midfield and on the right wing. Rob, I don't know about you, man, but this game seemed perfect for Danny Ceballos and not Granite Jaka. And as we saw with Granite Jaka later on in the match, maybe he shouldn't have been playing. Yeah. And then let's talk about Willian first, though. Rob, what the hell is Willian doing to keep his spot in the starting eleven? Well, the only defense for this one is that there weren't any other options because of uh, Nico Pepe's... Uh, well, he's finally served the rest of his suspension, so he'll be available for tomorrow's game or today's game as the podcast will come out on Wednesday. Um, and mm. then uh, Reese Nelson seems to have a little little injury keeping him from the, uh, the squad at the moment. Um, so that's the only reason really why Willian's getting a look in. Um, and, but if I'm being honest with you, Daniel, I think he'd start anyway because um, <laughs> there's... There's a, I, th I feel like there's a desperation uh, from Mikel Arteta and Edu the like to make this transfer work because it's just going so abysmally, horribly wrong. Mm. Is that not, I've said this in the past and I'll say it again, is that not the definition of cutting off your nose to spite your face? Yeah, I mean, well, we've talked about this... these, uh, well, Arteta's talked about these non-negotiables since he's joined and he's fundamentally going back on them by picking some of these players. Um, mm. It's a really strange, strange time to be, to be involved with Arsenal when you've got 
these senior players underperforming and then every Thursday well unfortunately the group's over now but we get these glimpses of these of youngsters who who could potentially offer us something different yet they, they're never given a chance in the Premier League which is mm. really disappointing yeah yeah and exactly and just to to further support that argument I mean I understand what you're saying about Pepe not being fit, so that's the only reason why Willian has a look in, and then obviously Reese Nelson um, was out of contention for the match as well. But I'm looking at two players on the bench, Rob, in Emil Smith-Rowe, who's been in banging form in the Europa League, and Joe Willock, who maybe don't see the right wing as their position, um, their out-and-out position necessarily, but I would rather either of those players over that of Willian. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Saka's played on the left wing, on the right wing a little bit for us. He could go out on the right, and um, mm. and then maybe Smith Rowe on the left. Um, you can even even shift things up to the extent that uh, Abamian goes back out wide, Laka up front with uh, Smith Rowe in behind uh, Laka. Um, you know, there are, there are still mm. ways of shaking it up. Um, yeah, but the. I guess the flip side is that uh, we're stuck in a rut at the moment and maybe Arteta doesn't thinks that trusting in the experienced players is the way to get him out of it uh, because, you know, the young players have never been in this sort of rut before uh, at a professional level. But, you know, the, these senior players clearly aren't getting us out of it. So definitely tomorrow against Southampton, it, it's time to gamble. Yeah, exactly. And and we've said this in the past. Uh, it's, it's, it's so annoying because, uh, Rob, I feel like I'm just repeating the same fucking thing over and over again. I mean, if he just plays if, he, if tomorrow against Southampton or if you're listening to this today or whatever, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. I'm getting pissed off. I'm getting pissed off, man. Um, <laughs> if he plays youngsters against Southampton and just going into the future – he's going to be given more leeway. Yeah. People think Arteta is an idiot for persisting with guys like Willian, for persisting with guys like Granit Xhaka, even looking further back to, to somebody like William Saliba not getting a look in and Rob Holding playing consistently. Rob Holding has not done anything to, to, to convince me that he should be anywhere near the starting 11. Nevertheless, he continues to start week in and week out, and I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, well, what I, I I've tried to put myself in Arteta's shoes, and I, I I can't find any justification for it either, apart from the one I just gave about experience. But mm. you know, I I don't think any of us are suggesting right tear up tear it all up, just play the youngsters. We're saying we need that balance because because yeah. the youngsters. Oh, some of them are better than the experienced options that we, we have in our <laughs> squad. Let, let, let's not beat around the bush there. I think that right now, in terms of cap uh, like levels of performance up front, Flo Balogun is a better option than Alex Lacazette. I don't think that's an unreasonable mm. claim to make. Uh, he scored goals. He can hold the ball up. And I know he's been doing it against poor, poor opposition. But right now, he's in better form than Lacazette. So, so... You know, and I'm not saying um, start Balogun because he's very young. 
I'm just saying that I'd really like to see that Mikel Arteta is even considering this because all the recent 11 suggest he's not. I think this weekend, like he made one change which was enforced due to Partey's injury. Why wasn't there major changes after the abysmal performance mm. in the North London derby? Why wasn't there, Daniel? I just, I don't know. And what's starting to irritate me and why, I'm not going to turn on the manager. I think we at least need to give him this entire season. So apologies if... You know, anybody listening is, you know, kind of feeling like Arteta's, you know, not the right man for the job. But at the end of the day, I just don't, I I don't think it's fair to write him off yet because I think we definitely need to give him till at least the end of the season. But anyway, he's really starting to scare me a little bit because he's starting to, to show shades of Arsene Wenger almost, Mm. you know, in terms of like the, and and, um, in terms of the negatives, because we saw so frequently how Arson could just be so stubborn and just completely unwilling to, to change things that just so blatantly needed changing. I mean, how long did we need a striker for, Rob? Oh, I yeah. mean, we just didn't Every get year. one. I mean, we, he just was like, no, we don't need a striker. And it's like, well, we clearly fucking do. Um, and... Not necessarily in the transfer window, but with the starting 11s, I think Arteta's just shown so much stubbornness with Willian uh, and Granit Xhaka, especially. I mean, neither of those two should have been starting in this game, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, and I don't think Willian was... Ter- sorry. Yeah. I don't think Willian was terrible last last night, but he just didn't really do anything. He's not willing to take initiative. Yeah. He doesn't play like a guy with an abundance of experience, you know? I mean, I think... Uh... I can't remember where I read this. I think it was on a, it was Amy Lawrence's piece on the Athletic on what's mm. going on, and she just said about William that sometimes he just passes the ball and doesn't move, and that's something. That's a good point. You're, you're taught basic, 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 like never, never, never admire your pass. You pass, and then you go and make mm. an option. Um, so yeah. you know, and this this is a guy who is supposedly brought in due to his exemplary sort of the way he handles himself. Um, you know, he he was efficient at Chelsea. He produced good numbers, and he was supposed to hit the ground running. And now all of a sudden, Edu's saying, "Give him time." Like, what the fuck is that all about, Daniel? Uh, uh, that that was abs- That was so stupid of Edu to say. Yeah. Right now, I mean, what the hell was he thinking? Yeah, I, I just, why don't you just shut up about William? Yeah. You know, just say some, say some plain Jane thing like, you know, uh, things haven't exactly been working out for him as of recently, but um, things just aren't going yeah, well in general at the say, moment. So we have to, yeah, you know, he's working, some political bullcrap. Working hard. He knows that it's not good enough. He's working hard to to get back to a. a a good level of performance. You don't need to sort of say, give him time. Um, uh, Perhaps that reflects Edu's inexperience in the role, uh, because mm. I think in the role that he's in, it, it, as you just mentioned, it's sort of speaking politically is a skill that most technical directors adopt and use very effectively. Mm. They, they never throw anyone under the bus. Um, but yeah, it, it was a really perplexing little interview from Edu, actually. Um, yeah, and it, it just makes you even more worried about if um, you know the club do pull the switch and get rid of Arteta, which 
neither of us want but if the losses continue it's not outside the realms of possibility it's scary to think that he might be the one appointing our next manager yeah it is and it's certainly not outside the realms of possibility i mean rob at this present moment we lack discipline on and off yeah. the pitch I mean, um, I, in the hierarchy yeah. and within the players I mean, so I, I suppose that that's a good good point that you've just made on discipline why do you think all these red cards are, are happening and the violent and two violent conduct red cards already this season one from pepe and then the act of stupidity from granite shacker on the weekend yeah and let's get right into it because i'm sure that's what the people listening want us to talk about rob i'm going to just ask you this cut and dry before we get into the details of what exactly happened with the red card is granite Xhaka's arsenal career over it's tough. Um, my my immediate reaction afterwards, similarly to with Pepe's, was yes, he's done. But that's sort of the raw emotion talking. Uh, mm. But with Granite Shaka, I'd say there's more of a case for it to be over than it is for with uh, with Pepe. Uh, Here's a question, another one. What did you make of Mikel Arteta coming out and so staunchly defending Granite Shaka? So after the match, he didn't. He said that mm. contrary to contrary to what some people are trying to say, because some people love progressing their agenda against Mikel Arteta. Um, they're saying that mm. he's sort of more lenient on Shaka. He, he the, Mikel Arteta actually said it was worse what Granite Shaka did than what Pepe did um, in his post match interview. Um, but the, him defending him. Um, it's harder to take because Granite Shaka hasn't apologized. Um, and, you know, I, I can see why Arteta's done it. He's his manager. I think right now Arteta might not be that popular in the dressing room. Um, so he might be trying to defend himself a little bit in front of the players by backing up a really influential guy. Uh, mm. But I think what Granite Shaka did was not defendable and something really has to be done about these acts of ill discipline i mean gwen doozy got basically crucified and beheaded yeah for doing yeah. this what what makes and i th i think gwen doozy is a better player than granite Xhaka. so what the hell's going on i i mean granite Xhaka. i just I, you're right um you've got so many players who could play his role um yet there's mm -hmm. a persistence like you look at Gwenduzi, who's away at the moment on loan. I, I I have the slim hope that Gwenduzi will return. I doubt it if Arteta's still around, but I, I have a slim hope because he mm. looks like he's doing really well in Germany. You've got Lucas Torreira at Atletico Madrid. Um, you know, he's he's not the player I don't think that we all thought initially he was. Uh, but, you know, he can do a job where Chaka does a job. And then you look at the academy, you've got Aziz. Uh, who looked really promising mm. against Dundalk. Mm. Um, yeah. Ainsley Maitland-Niles likes playing in there. You've got Danny Spars, Mohamed Elneny. There are so many options. Um, so, <laughs> you know, if Shaka's just sort of welcomed in, like, hey-ho, come back, nothing's happened, Arteta, will, I think that won't be a popular decision because all these guys will sort of be like, so he can do that and still keep his role. Yet I'll work so hard in training every week to try and get in ahead of him, but you're still picking him. Like, what's that all about? Um, I just I think Arteta's doing really poorly to hide his managerial bias. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, every manager is biased; they just are. 
you know, that's the way it is. You know, you look at international, at the international level, at club level, think about, he's a good player, don't get me wrong, but think about, you know, an Olivier Giroud with France. Didier Deschamps loves Olivier Giroud. That is why he gets called up to every single national team uh, kind of game or or break that there is, you know. Um, And I think Arteta is just kind of showing his cards a little too obviously in terms of who he likes and who he just doesn't like. And it seems like Granit Xhaka is one of the haves rather than the have-nots, if you get my gist. And I just, I don't understand why, Rob. I mean, I just want to say something as well, and I know this is kind of off topic, but not really because we're talking about Xhaka. There's this weird bullshit claim that Xhaka is a leader leaders don't pull stunts like that and they definitely don't pull stunts like that multiple times granted Jaka is not a leader granted Jaka does not take any accountability for mistakes that he makes and i just don't really like who granted Jaka is if i'm being honest with you i i used to stand up for him and defend him all the time i think you did as well you quite liked Jaka too there for a moment yeah. i liked his you know i like the fact that he came back from getting into that beef with the fans and stuff like that. I just can't even stand the sight of the guy now. I don't want him anywhere near the Arsenal starting eleven ever again. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't sort of be upset if if that happened. Um, because it's so ironic that sort of Shaq has had this build-up of redemption. I know it started when fans were still in the stadium, but he's really hit the heights of his popularity whilst fans weren't present at games um you think mm. of the fa cup final i thought he was brilliant that day um but then as soon as his fans come back he does he produces another act of stupidity um and remind us all why we've like developed this um lack of trust in him um mm. so chaka is is such a divisive character but right now, there's, there, I, I don't see any way to defend him. Uh, and, and usually I like to defend players who are sort of scapegoated, but there isn't a mm. defense for him here. And I think that speaks volumes about the situation he's found, found himself in. I would honestly prefer if, if Miguel Aziz played in his position for the rest of the season, even if he was sort of shown shown for what he is as an 18 year old because i'd rather see a, a boy who loves the club um sort of develop a little bit in in a in a premier league midfield than than shaka continue continually sort of let us down in there and and i don't mm. think the performances uh he's had this season are sort of anything to write home about either to be honest daniel yeah, and I would completely agree with that as- assessment. And I mean, on the subject of, of Aziz, I think sometimes young players um, can benefit from just being thrown in the deep end. Yeah. You know? Uh, uh, and I don't know too much about Aziz, but from what I saw in the Europa League game, he seems like a player that just is actually quite mobile, unlike Xhaka and unlike Zabias as well. And. Is, has a good eye for a pass, is, and is just one of those players that's good at keeping the ball. And I think we could use that in our midfield. And then he's not, obviously, a hundredth as controversial as that of Xhaka, his uh, 
divisive how you said counterpart. So, yeah, I would not be opposed to that at all. I want to get your thoughts on this, though, just to veer off of the subject of Xhaka for a bit, because frankly, I mean, my blood is boiling just talking about the fucking idiotic, idiotic thing that he did. But I don't think this has received enough attention. The Mohamed Oneni hands in the face of the opposition. I'm sorry. That's a red card. That is a red card. and, And that... That is ridiculous. I love El Nenny. I genuinely love El Nenny. He's one of the few players on this team I actually like. Mm. And that was fucking stupid. And that further epitomizes the complete lack of discipline within this team right now, Rob. Stupid. Yeah. And it, it's just something you really wouldn't associate with him at all. Um, That's the only reason he didn't get sent off, just interject, by the way, because it's El Nenny, and El Nenny's a sweet guy. That's why he didn't get sent off. He's always got a smile on his face. Um, he's always talked about as this sort of happy guy in the dressing room who lifts the mood. Yet, he's doing this. Like, does this suggest an underlying frustration within the... Within the within the group, are they, are they pissed off with mm. with something? Um, I mean, I hope it's that they're pissed off with the performance rather than mm. the manager. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something to do with the manager. I can't lie. Um, yeah, but you're right. El Nenny should have got sent off. Um, and then at that point, I think we really would be talking about a midfield of um Aziz and Sabios against Southampton but luckily but it likely it will be Sabios and uh and Elneny now that he's escaped punishment but yeah uh, Daniel he, he should have mm. gone uh and, that, and that's sort of worrying um when you yeah. when you see a player who's got a really good history in terms of discipline produce that sort of moment of madness it's crazy uh and, and it fi- what, what, fills me with worry for the weeks mm. ahead I, I can't lie when you see the ever-happy-go-lucky Muhammad Elneny doing shit like that, and then the typically jubilant Aubameyang, just when's the last time Aubameyang smiled? You know, I mean, that's yeah. that that pretty much speaks for itself. I don't. I said that on Twitter. We have to get Aubameyang smiling again because people scrutinize the way he leads and everything like that. But I just I don't think there's any any way inherently wrong with it. I think he just more so tries to lead with positivity and stuff, and people mm. maybe would prefer a more old fashioned kind of Tony Adams esque captain. Mm. Um, but I see where people are coming from. I do. Um, but Rob, I think there's just a really sour mood in the yeah. team right now. And I thought I thought the I thought the the guys on the Arscast brought up a really good point in saying that this squad is so fucking ridiculously big and you reminded me of it when you started naming off you know central midfielders yeah. you named Mohamed Elneny, Granit Xhaka, Danny Ceballos, Lucas Trier, uh, Guendouzi are all known but they're still in the in the fold so to speak um you got Miguel Aziz you've got Joe Willock who could play there you've got Ainsley Maitland-Niles that could play there this squad is too big so I think there's a fair argument to say that these players may not be you know, feeling happy because there's just too much. Yeah. There's just too many people. You know, this squad needs to get on fucking Weight Watchers because it's grotesquely obese at the moment. Yeah. We need to to nullify the boat, uh, nullify the bloat. While wow, that was difficult to say. And do you, um, do you know what this that issue is sort of exacerbated by Daniel? What's that? 
the fact that Mikel Arteta picks the same team every week. Mm. Like, it's a good point. You've got so many players in the squad fighting for a place, yet Mikel Arteta uses the same the same tools every week. Um, and, you know, it's so big to the point that you've got Socrates and Ozil not even in the squad. That, that, <laughs> that, that shouldn't have even been able to happen, Daniel. Yeah. Like, that's... Uh, and, and, and... A twenty-seven million pound, eighteen-year-old. Yeah, there's just there's just severe bloat, severe bloat. I mean, whoever sort of controls the PR at Arsenal must be having an absolute nightmare right now. It's just all <laughs> bad. Yeah, we were talking about um, on on a pre-pod call a couple of weeks ago. Rob and I would be interested in maybe joining a communication staff of a professional team. Obviously, because we're both aspiring journalists. Could you imagine having to work that position at Arsenal right now? No, thanks. I'm good. (laughs) It's it's tough. Um, But there's just so many underlying issues in the squad right now, Daniel. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like if you were going to try and dissect it, um, what, what? the the, the squad in terms of what's gone wrong you wouldn't know where to start because this decline into really shit football has happened so so fast it's happened so Mm. fast like the 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 the, the win away at old trafford which uh you know we were all reveling afterwards it was it was just over a month ago like that that's crazy and that we played good, we played well that day, and now mm. it's just so awful. I mean, the clearest um, sort of reason why might might be the system, because since that game we've moved to a four at the back. Yeah, we we unquestionably need to revert back, and I think I was talking to to Mac Johnson, one of our writers on uh, We Love Arsenal.co.uk on Twitter about it, and. He made a good point. Is it just time to, you know, revert back to the old system and maybe throw Aubameyang back on the left? Because, I mean, it's not like he does anything in the center. Mm. You, you, you make a really valid point, Daniel. Uh, because there were, there were problems, sort of... All the problems are, are on the pitch seem to be not only offensively anymore, but also defensively. Uh, we look so open. Mm. Uh, when teams come at us. Uh, and in that five-at-the-back system, that wasn't the case. But then again, I'm fearful of Mr. Stubborn Arteta not willing to do that mm. because he sort of got to a point potentially where he felt, OK, I'm ready to move this team on a bit offensively. That has majorly backfired. Um, and perhaps he's not ready to accept that was a mistake and go back to the, the system that actually worked. Yeah, and I think that is, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this as of recently, but we're just talking about the system in the back four there. I mean, Gabrielle is is seemingly having to take attacking initiative now and step up the pitch and kind of do what David Luiz used to do, which is all fine and dandy. He's actually quite decent at it. But then we're just left with the ever immobile and, frankly, horribly slow 
Rob Holding as like the last line of mm-hmm. defense who could basically be beaten for pace by any attacker in the Premier League. Yeah. And we have to go back to that back three, in my opinion. I don't think there's any question, especially against Southampton, who are flying yeah. under Hassan Hutel at the moment. So, ugh. I mean, if, if you go back to that back three, Daniel, you can you can get Kieran Tierney into a more defensive position, which mm-hmm. which isn't which of course will limit us going forward. But frankly, I don't care about going forward anymore. I just want us to get back to. Uh, we can grind out results. I don't care um, if that will get us wins because that's just what we need. And yeah, Kieran Tierney is a very good defender. So if you get him as a left centre-back with Gabriel in the middle and then Rob Holding's flaws are really covered at right centre-back, he looks so much more comfortable in a back three. Mm. And mm. I, I feel like at that point you've 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 nullified a lot of the problems. Um, and... You know, it, it was really hasty moving back to the back four because Rob Holding has never been good in the back four, let, let's face it. Um, he's always been a back three defender. And if William Saliba, you know, isn't ready, as seems to be the case, what what was the point of, of shifting that if, if we weren't ready? Um, mm. And just particularly with no Thomas Partey, uh, you know, yeah. a man who excels in a pivot uh, and he's not available for that position at the, in either of the uh, right centre mid or left centre mid at the moment. So, uh, we need to go back. I, I mean, and it's, I think the fact that we haven't gone yet or haven't gone back yet yeah. is kind of, it, it kind of shows that Arteta's not really managing his squad properly because nah. Rob, I'm, st- I'm still looking, I'm, I'm looking at the squad at just how fucking gross it looks. First of all, it's just, I, I've been saying this for a while now. I do not like the fact that our entire right side is right-footed and our entire left side is left-footed. I don't buy into that. I think you need, I, I think I think you need a left-footed right-winger and vice versa. Mm. And then you could have the left-footed left-back, right-footed right-back, you know, the old-fashioned way. I think our attack is so predictable now because we have the left-footed Saka and the left-footed Tierney. And then on the other side, we have the right-footed Willian and the right-footed yeah, Bellerin. Really so we're just so actually. predictable. And and, and that, yeah. uh, it's just it's ridiculous. I mean, I, and just what the point I was actually trying to make, out of that back four, Rob, there's only two players that are even capable of playing in a back four. Mm. And it's Gabriel and Tierney. Yeah. And then like we've been saying, our left side is the good side. Our right side is the shit side. Yeah. And I'm 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 fine with Mikel Arteta saying we need five or six more players to move to a more progressive sort of system. But mm. right now, Mikel Arteta's job is to maximise the um, sort of re- resources available to him, and this system isn't maximising those resources. Um, so you know he can speak all he likes about wanting more players and shit like that, but right now. His job is just to deliver us points, and this system isn't delivering us points. Go back to the system which delivered us at least some points, please, Mikel. Mm, yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I think he let the fact that he was getting scrutinized for us playing ugly football get under his skin. But the fact yeah. is, our football's even uglier with the back four. Yeah. You know? I mean, um, so clearly it has got under his skin because um, the other night uh, after the Dundalk game, um, James Benj uh, asked him a question and he uh, I think 
afterwards he, he sort of laughed after he asked it uh, and it was to do with the crossing and Arteta flipped out at him. He, he said, I can see you and your colleagues laughing at me. Uh, I'm not going to answer the question. That's paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what he said. Um, so, Well, I mean, I'm sorry. They're laughing at you because it's moronic. That's yeah, yeah. such a stupid way to play football. That's a David Moyes way to play football. Like Alfie said last week, you don't just cross an inshallah. That's not how yeah. it works. You know, that's an ineffective yeah. way of playing football. I mean, of course, the irony behind this is that Aubameyang uh, <laughs> did score from across this weekend, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. He's backfiring on all cylinders just for the wrong team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what'd you make of the own goal? Um. It surprised me a little bit, I can't lie, because we've been so good at defending set pieces this season. It's been like the only thing we've been good at. Um, mm. Good finish from Abba, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, naughty delivery. Tricky well one, that. From, uh, from, mm. from our main man, Ashley Westwood. Um, <laughs> oh, I'd love him. But, yeah, he uh, that was a really disappointing goal to concede. And just after the incident with Elneny too, it, it felt like it was part of the script, really, didn't it? I just... I didn't even feel like after that, I was like, we lost. Yeah. You know, that it was over. I mean, I, and that's, 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 that sums it up, doesn't it? I didn't even react that much to it. Like, I say I was surprised mm. because it was a corner, but I wasn't surprised that we conceded. I could see the Burnley goal coming from a mile off. Even when we had a good 10 minutes at the start of the second half, I was like, oh, we haven't scored yet. Burnley are going to score at some point. And yeah, that's. I think you make a really good point. I said in the pre-pod call that I'm going to bring up this article that I wrote two years ago, and you just gave me a lovely through ball for it. Maybe we could use you in the <laughs> Arsenal squad because we have no fucking creativity at the moment. Yeah. This headline from two years ago, Rob. Listen to this and tell me that this is not the exact same way you are feeling right now. I'll read the headline and then I'll read the the meta description as well, right? Animosity gives way for apathy, and that is far more dangerous. Arsenal fans' hostility is gone. The resentment has lessened. The anger has dwindled. Animosity has subsided for apathy, a much more dangerous feeling. I don't know about you, Rob, but uh, frankly, at this point, I'm not even surprised by the shit we're going through at the moment. I'm feeling apathetic. I don't even get angry when Arsenal lose anymore because it's not worth my energy to just ruin my entire day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd completely agree with that, Daniel. It's um, it's a really tough time, and uh, yeah, it's it's so hard. And someone actually wrote in on uh, the Oscast and said it, it was affecting their mental health, and mm. it, it doesn't really surprise me. And you can laugh all you like and say football shouldn't affect one's mental health, but we're all so immersed in this club. And of course, it's going to affect your mental health if things aren't going mm. well. And it's horrible that it's got to the point where you don't get sad, you don't get angry, you just sort of accept it and feel really, really shit about it. Um, and as um, they said on the Askcast, if if anyone who listens to this show is feeling that way, please just take a step away from Arsenal. It's, uh, mm. you know, in a way, it is the be, in, be all and end all for us. But looking at the big picture, it isn't the be-all and end-all. Life goes on, no. even if Arsenal get relegated, even if Spurs win the league, life goes on. So please, 
we all hope that doesn't happen. But if it's getting too much, just take a step away. Yeah, really well said. And, you know, on that note, this club does not care about you, but we care about you. And just, yeah, like Rob said, step away. Because this club is a fucking joke at the moment. So take it as a joke and don't take it as, a, as, as like, don't take it so seriously. I know it can be difficult because I'll tell you what, Rob, I mean, you know that I, in my life I'm going through some transitioning. You know, I'm about to move into my first apartment. I'm about to start university and everything. That coupled with Arsenal you know, being so shit can be really stressful sometimes. So I think that's why my brain has just kind of cast it aside as useless. And I I sincerely encourage everybody to try to do the same if, you know, it's really getting to be just a little too much how terrible we are at the moment. Because it's it's not a joke, it's real. And we all care about this club so so dearly and I I'm sorry genuinely that the the powers that be at Arsenal Football Club don't care as much as you, me and everyone else, because this club is everything, man. This club is everything to us. And uh, on that note, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it is it is absolutely everything. Uh, if if we're being honest, and people can laugh or they like about the sort of people getting down about it, but it's. It's really difficult, especially for me and you, people who write about the club, who talk about the club. I feel like it it's so much harder to motivate yourself to do it, even though mm. I think it's sort of better for your, your clicks when you write in controversial times. Um, but mm. for me, I, I find it I found it really hard in the last few weeks just trying to sit down and even start writing an article because it, it, it makes me upset a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. And... I suppose it, to bring the football back, that that then must sort of ask ourselves, like, what 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 was the? I I would say that the only way to sort of make that better would be to see the team start with not only winning football matches again, but to see a, a different a different approach from the manager. I I, I th- that's what would sort of make me happy to see some of the senior players dropped uh to see mm. youngsters given a chance to thrive um what is, would that similarly make you happy is there anything that would make you happy to see uh sort of Mikel Arteta do or to see the club do yeah look I mean in order to change something big you have to change a lot of little things behind the scenes and mm. Uh, results aren't going to improve if we keep on doing the same thing there's a really solid quote from albert einstein that gets beaten to death like a like a dead horse and it's (laughs) trying the same thing over and over again that's not working and expecting a different result is the definition of psychotic and that's what we're doing at the moment we're playing the same shit players every single week and we're trying to play the same way every single game and expecting something to miraculously change. It's not going to change, Rob. It's not going to change. We no. need to drop we need to drop holding Jaka, Lacazette and Willian at the bare minimum. We need to drop four players and replace them with youngsters. That's my opinion. That's my genuine opinion on it. I'd say Bellerin maybe too. I think that's a like, shout as well. I, 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 I know Alfie is not a big fan of Cedric, and he called him a loser 
a couple weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) But I think Cedric has actually looked okay in the Europa League, to be honest. And I think there's also a shout for... How badly we're playing that Cedric now looks okay. I'm I'm concerned, though. (laughs) I, I, I will say, as a caveat to Bellerin, though... I'm a little worried that maybe he's not even playing that bad and Willian's lack of movement like Amy Lawrence was referring to in her piece just makes Bellerin look so much worse because he has nothing moving around in front of him. Mm. Yeah. Um, I I feel really sorry for Hector Bellerin because, you know, I reckon he's so tired too because this is a guy who... um, He's only really just getting back to playing consistently again. It's been a really tough period, and he's probably lacking a bit of fitness. Um, mm. and, and I wrote a piece sort of assessing him last week for We Love You Arsenal, and I just sort of mentioned how in a team, of, I think what I wrote exactly is in a team void of creativity, Bellerin is a beacon, which means that of creativity. Mm which means that there's such an onus on him as a fucking right-back to sort of carry the load going forward of Arsenal. Like, it, it's not fair on him. So No, you know, no. Um, and while I don't think his levels of performance have been good enough, as you say, there are so many things that, he, you know, as we mentioned last week, having an athletic right centre-back alongside him would help him because he's lost a touch of pace. Um, mm. But you continually play a... Rob Holding, who just me and you really like Rob Holding, but he's he's looked so so bad lately. He's looked immobile, um, and his passing hasn't been great. So so you've got to use the tools at your disposal. Use William Saliba, who's known to be an athletic option. To be honest, I'd rather he come in and make some mistakes um, than watch Rob Holding make them. And I know Rob Holding hasn't made any glaring errors, but he's 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 clearly not sort of pro- providing anything to make us better um so you know I'd, I'd just love to see william saliba get a chance and what i'd really be interested to see actually daniel is that if Mikel arteta was sacked what this approach to william saliba would be i'd be really curious to see uh. whether it whether it's something behind the scenes, if Arteta has a problem with William Saliba, or if he genuinely is, isn't good enough, because I I don't know. It's worrying. I, look, I've, you know, I actually, I kind of like Ligue 1. I like French football. And I know it's a hell of a lot different to the Premier League. The Premier League yeah. asks a lot more of you physically. And I'm not, I'm not doubting that. That's just the truth. But from what I saw in William Saliba... He could really help this Arsenal team because he's significantly more athletic and impose, uh, even more imposing than Rob Holding. Mm. As I just I don't get it, and uh, you know, you talking about that, Rob, just made me remember this Arsene Wenger quote that I just pulled up, and I think Arteta kind of has to listen to the best Arsenal manager of all time. Listen to this quote, and this just basically perfectly epitomizes what's going on with the whole William Saliba situation. And it's, you pay for the education of young players with points. If I play a 20-year-old center back, I know he'll cost me points during the seasons, and I have to stand up for that. Why is this approach not being taken with William Saliba, Rob? I don't think that's a state of, I don't think that's a, that's a crazy quote from Wenger. I don't think that's stupid. I think that's just 
the way you manage young players. And I'm starting yeah. to question, does Arteta just not know how to manage young players? I mean, you wrote, raised the point the other day that you think that Arteta might not actually be the best man manager, um, mm. which which I can, I'm, I'm, I'm veering towards having sympathy for. Like, it doesn't make much sense because at, at City, um, supposedly he was the good guy who the players sort of went to and asked for advice um, when they didn't understand Guardiola or had fallen out with Guardiola. So you'd think that that would be something that Arteta specialised in. Um, but he, his, his handling of some one-to-one situations haven't been good and it's not helped with the ridiculously bloated squad. Um, but I, I completely agree and when the alternative option is to play uh, Rob Holding, who, who doesn't look up for it, or David Luiz, who is always sort of, oh, he could make a mistake every time he plays, um, mm. or Skodran Mustafi, similarly. Uh, so, you know, I think these guys are just as much in danger of making a mistake than uh, Saliba is. And yeah. then if Saliba makes the mistakes, you've got the caveat to say he's young he'll learn from it if david yeah. Lees makes a mistake you're like why has he never learned <laughs> he's been making those mistakes his whole career and he's never learned william saliba like you said would would probably pick up a valuable lesson from it so i just yeah. i just i think arteta isn't thinking there you go full stop i was gonna try to add something yeah. else to that arteta isn't thinking um uh, i mean that's stressful yeah and if you think it's stressful for us, Daniel, it, it, just imagine how stressful it must be for Mikel Arteta. Like, mm. because we're, we're oh, everyone's asking him to make these changes, and there must be some reasons he doesn't make them. Um, but yeah, it's it's really it must be really tough for him at the moment because uh, all the pressure is on him to change something, and every change he makes doesn't seem to work, and. Um, and he must be really fearful that he's going to lose his first job in management. Um, mm. I don't know if that, that that is genuinely the case because he might feel really secure because all the noises coming out of the club suggest that he is the man for the future still. Um, but you, it, in terms of the results, that's enough to really cause him to worry. Um, so, yeah, I really hope he can guide us out of, of this time of real real distress as you as you said yeah and me too and i think i will say as a as a slight caveat to the constant to the 50 minutes of depression that this podcast has been i think that everything is just being basically put under a microscope and thrown out into the open because of whoever the hell the snake in the club is I mean, yeah. every single bad thing that's going on in the club is basically being delivered, you know, world-class overnight $200 shipping to the media. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the media is getting air of every single negative occurrence that happens at Arsenal Football Club. And I don't know who the snake is. I've got a few hypotheses as to who it could be, um, mm. but... I'm not going to say because I don't think it's right because that would just be pure speculation from me. No point. But I think there's just, yeah, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed at the moment. It's almost like I watched a show with Katie called Grey's Anatomy 
and um, every now and then they'll cut someone open. You know, it's about it's about a surgical hospital. They'll cut someone open, uh, trying to do one kind of surgery uh, for some kind of cancer, whatever it may be, and then they find something else. Oh, you know, well, good thing we found this. We could fix this now. Blah blah blah. I think somebody may have just cut open Arsenal and found every possible kind of cancer there are in the fucking torso of us. So. Yeah. I think we just have to be patient because there's too many problems. I think you were saying this earlier. Where the hell are you supposed to start? I mean, yeah. everything is broken at the moment. Yeah. Um, and um, this is sort of why I want Arteta to stick it out to beyond the end of the season because at the end of the season, a lot of players' contracts expire. Hopefully the pandemic mm. will be over, so it's a market where we can actually sell players and he can clean out all the sort of shit at the club and um, simultaneously the uh, the man leaking all the information will hopefully go too. Um, yeah. So, you know, then that will be a major weight off Arteta's shoulders. Um it will mean that there's not these bad voices in the dressing room who I've got to say I think are contributing to the dismal displays uh, because it it just mirrors so much uh, the latter days under Unai Emery uh, and you just feel like those voices who caused, well not sort of directly caused but contributed to the cause of Unai Emery's downfall are trying to do the same to Mikel Arteta and I don't want to see them do it to another manager I really don't it makes me sick uh yeah seeing these these people sort of trying to tear apart our club it's just like they don't really care you know on the subject of caring all of us supporters are actually down in the dumps and having our days ruined and then you know the fact that the hierarchy and the players just don't give a shit is really just kind of rubbing yeah. salt into the wounds and I hope that you know all of those players contracts running out we're talking about how we're disgustingly bloated maybe this club need to just take a giant shit so to speak you know yeah and all of these guys running out of contract you know there's a how many players is it do you think like maybe six players running out of contract yeah I mean uh, could be Zil. more even uh, mm -hmm. is the big one obviously uh, right who obviously a lot of people are suspicious over with regard to the leaks because, you know, it would make sense considering he's been ostracized, but I don't want to say it's definitely him. Um, mm. You've got Socrates, you've got Mustafi, uh, and there's there's more. And these are all highly influential yeah. members of the of the Arsenal team. Um, on, on extortionate wages. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's... Oh, David Luiz will go as well. So yeah, he's done. Mm. Yeah, he's he's had his second chance, and he's had moments, and he'll probably have more moments if we return to about three, where we think, yeah, this is the guy. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really difficult period, um, and as I said, I'm a hundred percent going to stick behind Arteta. That doesn't mean I'm not going to criticize him, but I I really want him to do well. Me too, and I'm going to stick with them at least until the end of the season. I think he deserves at least a full season, especially given the coronavirus pandemic and everything that's occurred. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after that, if performances don't start to upturn, which uh, here's a glimmer of hope, all the peeps listening, all you cool uncles. 
I think that it will start to turn around because I think Arteta <laughs> made a tweet about this. He doesn't have any choice but to make some fucking changes for yeah. Southampton. And we were talking about how Xhaka and Bellerin maybe should change. He's got no choice but to change them now, right? You know, yeah. so and at the same time, Daniel, if those players who come in play well, Mikel Arteta doesn't have any choice but to keep them in the team. Um, yeah. Which, you know, gives us a bit of optimism that things could change for the good. Um, I suppose a good place to end would be, like, what are your real... It's really hard to say, but what are your realistic expectations for the rest of this season, Daniel? I think... Eighth. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say eighth. You think think Arteta will sort of dig us out of it? Yeah, yeah, I think he'll turn it around. And I I think we've got good players. You know, we're talking about how all these players are shit. They're they're not shit. You know, most of these players would start for most teams in the Premier League. So they're not shit. I think we're just null and void of any confidence at the moment. And... I really think maybe this is me being overly positive. I can I could do that sometimes. Um, I think if we just get a good win against a team that maybe mm. people don't expect us to win against, even maybe Southampton. Yeah, because, I think that could just turn things around. A win against Southampton turns things around for us after Project Restart. That's exactly what it did. We we went away to St Mary's. We won two 0 We were really solid defensively. Uh, we reverted to that back three, and uh, it, it changed things for us. So maybe that is sort of what we need. And then after those that that game, we've got I think we've got Everton and Chelsea. I mean, those are games that similarly you can approach in that back three manner without being slated too much for it. So it's, it's sort of why not? Just go yeah. back to basics. <laughs> exactly. Go back to basics. Just stick to what you're good at, and. There you go. I mean, uh, I mean, I think we talked about this a couple of shows ago. Why do we just not even try to pass the ball quickly out of the back anymore? I mean, we oh, just don't even... No, no, no. Don't get me started on the pace of the passing at the moment. That We're is... just so slow. It, it literally looks like the way we tried to play the ball out of the back under Unai Emery. Like the exact and, same thing. And I've got to say, Daniel, I, I really like Gabriel, but one thing he's guilty of is consistent slow passes. Uh, he's he's not very good at sort of sort of fizzing the ball into uh, his uh, sort of Rob Holding's feet. Sometimes it's a really slow pass, and all that does is slow down any sort of momentum that we have. Yeah, so that's something that he needs to change. But, you get away with that kind of thing in France. That's what it is. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so hopefully that someone will be telling him that. Uh, mm. But yeah, we need to speed everything up. We need to solidify defensively. And I say we don't even give a fuck about going forward until we can bring in some players. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, this transfer window, we have to go fucking crazy. I, we, it looks like we missed out missed out on Shabashalai. So yeah. we have to... And I, I mean, I, I made a fitness for all like about this. You can't blame Shabashalai for picking fucking Red Bull Leipzig over yeah, Arsenal at the moment. Can. I mean, come on. Um, but there's still players out there. There's still an abundance of creative additions yeah. we can make. You know, we're, t- we're talking about Hassan Awa. I think Awa would still move to Arsenal. I do. Yeah. And I and, think uh, Buendia would as well. 
Yeah, and right now that that swap, which you know it probably has no truth behind it, but that swap between Ericsson and Shaka is looking very enticing. I would uh, definitely do it now. I, I already said I was in favor of it. A hundred percent am now. You know, Ericsson, he doesn't need to start every week for us. That does that's not suggest that like oh he comes in and transforms our team. He just provides a creative option that we don't currently have. Um, and then if you can maybe even bring a Buendia in as well, then you've got two creative players in a squad that currently has zero creative players. So that that's improvement, isn't it? It is, and that's all we could look to make at the moment. Um, uh, you got anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, to be honest, Daniel. I think we... There's... With this thing, you can talk about it for hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of the time you end up sort of repeating yourself and making the same point, but saying it a little bit differently. Um, so, you know, the, the, the summative point here, we're bad. Things need to change. I hope it changes. I hope so as well. Um, poor shit. Like you said, just, yeah, we need plastic surgery and we need to be sexy again. Massa, yeah. make Arsenal sexy again. That's that's all <laughs> we want. Like that. like that. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, let's call it. It's uh, basically just been an hour of fury. So sorry for that, folks. Um, if you were looking for a positive show like we usually deliver to you, I just don't really think it's all that possible to be positive at the moment because everything sucks. Yeah, I don't think a single Arsenal podcast has managed to deliver a, po a positive show this week, Daniel. We don't have to feel guilty for that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that just shows we're genuine and we actually care about this club. Yeah. Bertha, marketing opportunity of a lifetime. What do you got to plug, my friend? Well, as the lovely local London lad isn't here today, I'll do it for him. We love you, Arsenal.co.uk. <laughs> Imagine if we passed the ball out of the back as quickly as our, as, as Alfie plugs. We love you, Arsenal. UK. We'd yeah. be crushing it. Yeah. Go check out the website. Uh, go check out Rob's Instagram that I've never seen because I haven't had an Instagram for like five years. It's like AFC <laughs> underscore Rob or something like that. Insight. Yeah. Insight. FC whatever. Insight. <laughs> yeah. Go do it. Go do it, people. I mean, seriously. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. Thanks for tagging along. We do greatly appreciate you. Leave a review any way you can, all you cool uncles out there. Also, feel free to share this to your cool uncles, Once we, like we've said in the past, not to your parents or anything like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I sincerely hope... Hold on. I just thought of something. We are recording episode 72 next week. Yeah. 7 plus 2 equals 9. Yeah. 9 is the margin that Southampton were beaten by. Oh, no. Against oh, Leicester. No, oh, no, no. no, no. I, I, I'm not saying we're going to lose 9, no. Uh -huh. I'm saying we are going to beat Southampton. To, to anybody listening to this, you've probably already watched Southampton game, so sorry. Um we're going to beat Southampton, and our fortunes are going to turn around. Yes. 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 I agree. I'm let's not superstitious, <laughs> but I am a little stitious. So let's see if that comes to fruition. <laughs> Instead of fruition, yeah. fruition. Um, okay. What's a good song we could end this on, eh? 
Um, something to do with hope. Hope. Okay, let me look up uh, songs that say hope. Searching it here on my Chromecast. Chromecast, Chromebook. <laughs> uh, well, there is no hope. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, let's... Oh, I don't know a song that says hope, you know? Maybe... No. Because I don't really like go to church and stuff. I feel like a ton of church songs say hope. Maybe uh, like... Well, pray. Pray. Maybe a song that says pray. <laughs> Take me to church. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't need church. We need more than church at this point. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, got any ideas, Danny? No, I'm terrible at this. I usually let Alfie pick. Alfie yeah. seems like he listens to more music than me. I basically just listen to podcasts and read books. I don't really listen to all yeah. that much music. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna just leave it here. And we're going to surprise you with whatever Alfie chooses. Yes, that's our that is our our tribute to Alfie. He gets to choose the yeah. song, and you know it'll satisfy his his massive ego. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what a good way to end. <laughs> we will see you next time, ladies and gentlemen. But until then, keep your head up. Every little thing. Oh, that's it. That's the song. Sorry, Alfie, you don't get to choose. Bob Marley. Oh yes, three little. Every words. little thing. Perfect. He's gonna be alright. Right. <laughs> okay, okay. Alright, folks. Until next time. Toodaloo. Goodbye.